Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hey, I'm Alexandra Solomon, Curious City editor. In June, we did a live show at the Museum of Science and Industry to commemorate the 125th anniversary of the 1893 World's Fair, also known as the Columbian Exposition. It was a great event. People came dressed in 1890s costumes. We answered a couple of questions. One story was about how the World's Fair played into Chicago's ongoing rivalry with New York. That story was inspired by a question we answered in 2016. As you'll hear, the audience really got into it, thanks to some help we had from two actors. One played New York, the other Chicago. New York was played by a snobby-looking fellow. Think the guy from the New Yorker magazine covers with the butterfly and monocle. Chicago was represented as a hog butcher, complete with stained apron. So without further ado, here's Curious City's Jesse Dukes at the Museum of Science and Industry. I was intrigued by this question that we got back in 2016. Um, A question asker named Anthony asked us this. Where does Chicago's inferiority complex towards New York come from? When did it start? Now... I thought that was a little bit of a curious wording because, you know, it seems like to me Chicagoans feel as though we're in a rivalry with New York. So I wanted wanted to test that theory. Um, So I went out to Chicago and asked some people what they thought about it. Here I am downtown. I'm just going to walk around and ask some people what cities they think rival Chicago. Definitely New York. New York. Yeah. New York. Yeah. And so it went. (laughs) Chicagoans think that New York is their chief rival, but what do New Yorkers think about that? I sent my friend Emmanuel, who's a radio producer in New York, out on the streets of that city to ask the same question. What do you think are New York's rivals? Tokyo, maybe Paris, Tokyo. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Um, London. I think Los Angeles. And Venice, that's it. Miami is one. Um, New Orleans. I mean, Jersey City in New Jersey. Nothing, really. I would actually say nothing. What about Chicago? Uh, Chicago? No, I said the same thing. I don't know. I mean, Chicago's like... Chicago. You don't really hear much about it. So, one side says it's a rivalry. The other side couldn't care less. So maybe Anthony's wording is correct. It's not a rivalry. It's an inferiority complex. Maybe. But I guarantee you, if in 1893 you asked New Yorkers the exact same question, they would have said Chicago. And they would have been a little nervous. Because they were in a real rivalry with Chicago, and everybody knew it. And that rivalry had major consequences for both cities. 
And I'm going to tell a story about that. And as I tell the story, you're going to hear some insults from Chicago and New York. And those came from real newspapers. It goes back to the 1800s when there was a contest between American cities. It was a population contest. Now, it was assumed that New York was the great American city. But as the West was developed, Americans expected a great Midwestern metropolis to rise up, a second city, if you will. Maybe it would be Cincinnati or St. Louis or Milwaukee or Cleveland. And for decades, nobody thought it would be Chicago. But Chicago wanted to be considered. The city that was unborn in 1830 in 1864, leads the cities of the whole Earth's surface in lumber, in breadstuffs, and in pork. <laughs> Chicago has more of the trade of Indiana than Indianapolis, more of the trade of Michigan than Detroit, and more of the trade of Missouri than St. Louis. Chicago is virtually the second city of the Union. This was a lie. In 1864, Chicago was still well behind St. Louis and Cincinnati. But the lie was becoming true. In the 1870s, Chicago built the Union Stockyards and became the railroad hub of the Northwest. And that meant more factories, more jobs, and more people. So by 1880, the census showed Chicago was the biggest city in the Midwest, to the dismay of St. Louis. Hey, Ewan's down there. Did you hear? First comes New York, then Philadelphia, then Brooklyn, and then Chicago. Yeah. And then St. Louis. <laughs> now, Chicago kept growing throughout the 1880s, passing Brooklyn, then Philadelphia, and this started to make New York nervous. And to make matters worse for New York, Chicago had the temerity to suggest the U.S. should have a World's Fair to commemorate the 400th anniversary of Columbus's arrival in the Americas. Well, actually, that part didn't bother New York at all. The part that bothered New York was that Chicago thought the world's Columbian exposition should actually be in Chicago. <laughs> attention to the nonsensical claims of that windy city. Chicago could not build a World's Fair, even if it won it. <laughs> and beginning in 1889, the two cities fought it out in the newspapers. New York brought up Chicago's pollution. <laughs> Some of Chicago's state men have prepared a bill to be submitted to the Congress in the hopes of bamboozling that body into believing the big smoke is a good place for the World's Fair. <laughs> the fair in New York's hands would be but a money-making scheme. And then they just broke out the insults. <laughs> I heard that a man died the other day at the age of 110. What a fierce hold on life he must have had, considering he lived in Chicago. 
Chicago slaughters and packs its hogs. New York puts them on committees. <laughs> As Congress debated which city would get the fare, the New York papers called Chicago dirty, rustic, of the prairie, full of gamblers and prostitutes. Well. Some of which may have been true. But on February 24th, 1890, the US Congress announced Chicago would host the Columbian Exposition. After a three-year scramble, including a one-year delay, Chicago unveiled its World's Fair. The stunning white city, the exotic exhibits, the landscaped islands, the lovely Midway Placents, the Ferris wheel, it was a rousing success. And afterwards, even New York was magnanimous. As far as I have observed, New York has never gotten behind any enterprise as Chicago got behind this. Chicago has embarrassed her enemies and astonished the world. But New York could afford to be magnanimous. Remember, the World's Fair was a distraction from the real contest, population. And New York could be secure that they were number one. Or could they? See, Chicago grew even faster after the fair, much faster than New York, and by 1894, some informal estimates suggested Chicago had passed New York and would be number one in the 1900 census. Is Chicago's population greater than New York? Well, if it isn't now, it will be. <laughs> oh, there's no hurry. New York, ever quick with a comeback, was at a loss for words. <laughs> the thing was, New York knew Chicago was in fact still growing. And keep in mind, at the time, New York was just Manhattan. Now, New York had long wanted to annex Brooklyn and some of its other neighbors, but the state legislature had always stood in its way. However, Chicago's taunting was apparently too much for those state lawmakers. And in 1896, New York passed a bill allowing New York City, then Manhattan, to annex Brooklyn, as well as Queens County, Bronx County, and Staten Island, nearly doubling in size and population, and crushing Chicago's hopes of being number one. Uh, Chicago has no jealousy in this matter and wishes greater New York all kinds of prosperity and sends the bride and groom its congratulations and wishes them a happy new year. But the Columbian Exposition revealed another kind of competition, one that Chicago might actually win. The Columbian Expo surprised Chicagoans by proving Chicago could actually clean up pretty nice. So, if we couldn't be the biggest city, well, we could at least be the prettiest, cleanest major city in America. So seven years, so seven years after the fair, the 1900 census made it official. New York is number one, Chicago is number two. And within five years, Chicago hired Daniel Burnham, the chief architect of the fair, to design one of the most ambitious concept plans in the history of American cities. We call it after him now, the Burnham Plan. It led to revitalized parks, 22 miles of green lakefront for pedestrians and cyclists, 69,000 acres of forest preserves, and I'll say this, 
I've recently visited New York and Los Angeles, and I can say that when it comes to the three biggest cities, Chicago is still the cleanest. And that, I would argue, is perhaps the greatest legacy of the 1893 Columbian Exposition, and Chicago's knockdown, drag-out rivalry with our good friends in New York City. Reporting for this story comes from Jesse Dukes. Thanks to our actors, Aaron Cahoe as New York and Robert Bauman as Chicago, and to WBEZ's Sarah Balama and Tyler Green. Hope you enjoyed hearing a cut of our live show about Chicago's 19th century rivalry with New York. On our website, you can check out our original story that follows the rivalry through the 20th century. It explains why Chicago keeps calling itself the second city, even if that's not technically true. That's at wbez.org slash Curious City. Support for Curious City comes from the Conant Family Foundation. I'm Alexandra Solomon. Hey, I'm Sean Ali. I'm an editor at Curious City, and I want to mention a podcast you should check out. It's one of my faves. It's called Hello from the Magic Tavern. It's comedy, it's fiction, and it's a chat show. And in its own way, it's kind of Chicago. Now, the premise is that Arnie Niekamp fell through a portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into this magical world they call Foon. Now, instead of heading off on epic quests, he hosts a podcast and interviews adventurers, monsters, wizards, and the occasional talking plant. Arnie's co-hosts include a wizard and a talking badger. Past guests include Felicia Day and Travis McElroy. Also, WBEZ's own Peter Sagal. Now, FYI, there is some adult humor in the show, so this is maybe not for small kids. But if it's still your thing, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or check out hellofromthemagictavern.com. It's kind of like Cheers in Middle Earth or It's Always Sunny in Narnia. See you there. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.